This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's OBHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is like no one you have ever met. And I'm betting that after this episode, you're going to wish that the world was filled with people like her. She's truly a pet superhero for abandoned, injured animals with special needs. I like one of the terms she calls them. She calls them unicorn cases. I like that. Now, get ready, listeners, as you are about to meet the Let's Get It Done, inspiring host of the brand new show on Animal Planet. It's appropriately called Amanda to the Rescue. Please give pause and applause to the amazing Amanda Geise. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, look at that. Here comes the laugh. I love it. Now, <laughs> I know, the famous laugh. I love it. Amanda is about to blow the lid off the world of animal rescues in a possum way, of course. But uh, we got to pay for the darn show, Amanda, so we got to take a quick commercial break. So just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Pause up, everybody. This is Arden Moore, yep, your host of the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. And when I'm not behind the microphone, I love to have a party with my pups. So I'm looking for great things to have a party. Easy breezy. I just stash over to Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. And that website is easy, mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash pet life. This place has everything you need to create great memories, Instagram-worthy photos from the party. They've got party hats, bow ties, even doggy tutus. I love that. Funny glasses, hats, they got decorations, you name it. Party banners, cake decorations, treat bowls. Did somebody say treat? So when you're ready to have a party, and it can be for your pet's birthday, could be adoption, anniversary, you name the celebration, Please, please dash over to mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash pet life. Party on! Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. As mentioned, our special guest today is the host of the must-see new show on Animal Planet. It's called Amanda to the Rescue. You do put the A in amazing, awesome, any other good adjective that starts with the letter A. I'm again talking about Amanda Geise. Hey, Amanda, I just caught your premiere episode and bow wow. I mean, you really are uh, the face of Animal Rescue 2.0. 
right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different platforms and ways that people do in-home rescue, private rescue, and shelter care, but we have a very unique style here as well and our niche rescue. You know, we take in major medical, special needs, and hospice. So that alone has its own dynamic that we work around, but yeah, here we go. <laughs> rescue 2.0. <laughs> and then you always do drop the mic, right? Let's see. Oh yeah. I know. Um, a lot of times I'll just say something. I'm like, oh, that was good. Now I got to drop the mic. <laughs> All right. I don't want to give away too much, but we got to talk about the first episode because I spent 15 years in Oceanside, California. Now I'm deep in the heart of Dallas, but uh, wildfires are totally still in the forefront of my mind. And in that episode, you coordinate and you're able to bring in uh, some dogs from Southern California mm -hmm. up to your place in the Pacific Northwest. But you started with seven and you ended with 15. Yeah, that. <laughs> Let's talk about Lego Ego. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally last night for the premiere, we literally were watching and everyone that showed up, we had about 200 people at our premiere and everyone was like shouting out numbers that they thought it was going to be during the commercial. And everyone's like four, three, six. And then it was eight and everyone's jaw dropped, just like mine in real life. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But she had eight and all eight survived. It was very sketchy labor and delivery. We had a couple that were born breech. And we also had a couple that just really didn't want to be vigorous and start taking their first breaths. And then we also have one where she chewed off the umbilical cord so close to the skin that I actually had to clamp it and glue it and like get through all the medical side of that little tiny Naked well, noodle. Yeah, let's do a little 411 on Miss uh, Prego Ego, who's now just Ego. Thank gosh, she's like, you You lighten my load. Not and, uh, just Ego, she's Princess Ego. <laughs> oh, oh, squeeze me, squeeze me. That's right, I forgot. But you, know, you, you got her and you were worried that she could have delivered on the uh, flight from California up to your rescue up there in uh, Washington, right? Yes, she was very pregnant, as you could see. She looked like a little billy goat. And her temperature had already actually started to drop when we were chartering the plane. So it was get her here now or never. And we actually packed her kennel appropriately in case she did give birth while she was in the flight. And that was the first thing I checked when the plane landed was to make sure there was no puppies, get her home, get her situated. And then I think because of the stress of the change, she actually kind of held off her delivery for 72 hours. So that was a long three days of waiting yep. and taking her temperature every hour and staying awake and setting my alarm to wake up every hour on the hour. I slept <laughs> on the floor with her. I slept it with, you know, I slept well, a little yeah, but, in. <laughs> well, you have a medical background and, and you can help me because you know your background better than me because you've lived it. So you were interested in going to med school. Is that correct? Or yeah, you were I heading that way? Yep. I actually went to medical school for a couple of years. And when I graduated, it was way easier for me to work in the veterinary field because I could work 12 hour shifts at night and then take care of my children during the day. Um, know. I know that sounds like no sleep because that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I fell in love with it. Once I moved over to the veterinary world, I really, really fell in love with it. And you know, I, at the time I had young children, so I couldn't continue my education and become a veterinarian. But over the years, taking on these major medical cases, I have just become this like walking encyclopedia for veterinary medicine. So I also geek out and like, will do, I'll go get on <laughs> research. I know I'll get on and like research all the new diagnoses that are coming out, or I'll get on there and like find some weird case and I'll like research all about it. And then, you know, you never know when that's going to pop up in my care. So <laughs> 
Well, I like it because I am a master in pet first aid, so I travel the country with a dog and a cat. I call them shelter alums rather than rescues because yeah. I feel like sometimes I want to pump up the uh, accolades to the place that temporarily had them till I got them. So yeah, Kona, we alumni as well. Yeah, so Kona and Casey, uh, we just got back from Houston, and I'm like you. I'm kind of a geek. I love medical things, and I'm always shadowing ER veterinarians, and blood doesn't bother me. The only thing else we have in common is I got to deliver some puppies, but I have short hair, but I have more hair than you, and I only have one tattoo. Yes. So uh, what's I, going on? I'm, I'm looking at you. got some beautiful tattoos. Thank you, but I only have one tattoo. It's just my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're not your average, quiet uh, mother of two, are you? Um, me? No. <laughs> I'm not average. I'm not quiet, but I am a mother of two. <laughs> All right. All right. I am kind of bouncing a bit, and I apologize because uh, there's so much to cover in this episode. But the biggest question is, what sparked your interest in helping, especially pets that have special needs? And I would love you to do a special shout out to Duncan. I love that dog. Yes. So I grew up across the street from this beautiful Victorian home that took care of differently abled adult humans. And in elementary and middle school, some of them were my best friends. And so growing up, I always had this affinity for the differently abled and special needs and humans, as well as I had this huge passion for helping animals. Obviously, Steve Irwin was a big part of my life growing up and an inspiration and a, and a hero to me. So it just naturally came together to work with the both of them. The way I came into Panda Paws is I actually was, I was working in the veterinary clinic in emergency and surgery. And when the good Samaritan animals would come in, the stray animals, if they were injured, they weren't getting the quality of care that I felt that they truly deserved and needed. Put in a kennel, here's a blanket, maybe the basic pain medication if they were fortunate enough. But then animal control would come get them the next day. And a lot of that was because the clinic I worked at didn't want to have to foot a bill for an animal that didn't have a bank account attached to it, you know? Right. So then I would attach myself to them and make sure that they got the proper medications or the surgeries or whatever it was that they really needed to survive and have good quality of life pain-free. So while I was working there, also a single mom, I was taking in all of these animals and using my paycheck, whatever I had left to pay for these animals and building quite the amazing debt. And, <laughs> and right then and there, I just decided, you know what, I need to do something bigger. I can't work at a place. I can't support their quality of care. So I, I left, I gave my two weeks notice and I left and I started Panda Paws Rescue officially then. And it is a 501c3, folks. And I would love you guys after this episode to dash over to pandapawsrescue.org. I like that you even have your business EIN just pop right up there. This is a legal beagle love. People like that because it's a legit group. But talk to us about how did Duncan come into your life? And I don't want to spill the beans, but I think that dog is amazing. I'm never going to take Duncan in on a 100-yard dash. I'll lose, right? Yeah. I mean, I lose all the time. I'm mean, <laughs> glad that he's food motivated because that's one way to get him to come back to you. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. can outrun me on the soft sand, which soft sand is really hard to run on. Apparently yeah. I've learned, but it's really hard to outrun Duncan on soft sand and he is wickedly fast. So and Duncan, describe this boxer. So because yeah. this radio and people are going to dash to your show, Amanda to the rescue, but talk about him. He's kind of yeah. an interesting fella. He's a cool guy. He just turned five years old. We were told he probably wouldn't live to be a year. So he's proved everyone wrong times five. 
he came to us actually with back legs, but they were fused and rock hard underneath him in like an X shape, which you'll see on the first episode. And his pelvis was very malformed. It actually couldn't even hold limbs in there, even if there was a way to straighten and correct his limbs. So we were forced to make a decision, either euthanize him or give him a shot with double leg amputation. And he was not our first double leg amputation. He's actually our third double leg amputation. So we were like, you know what? We've seen it be successful and these dogs thrive two times before. Let's give him a shot. All right. At that time, he was only three months old. I woke him up out of anesthesia, you know, extubated him, brought him outside to go potty about 20 minutes later, and he just took off walking. And so we wow. did him multiple wheelchairs and tried a lot of different variety of ways to keep him in that chair. But instead, he would just pick it up and carry it up over his head, which <laughs> is not great for the body structure and the shoulder. No. So after about a year of trying to get him to take to a wheelchair, and obviously him telling us he knows what he's doing best, we took away the wheelchair and just let him do what he wants to do. And at this point on, he's hashtag I do what I want. And that's exactly how Duncan lives his life. So he runs on his front two legs. He, you know, does everything every other dog can do except for jump on top of furniture. Hey, there is a plus, right? And right? then you've got uh, three cutie pies, Cavalier Spaniels. I, you know, I guess they're known as the love sponges. You don't use basic plain names, do you? Run down the trio's names. So I, we have one Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Oh, okay. And right. Garnet. Garnet, and that's two, right. And then we have two English toy spaniels, and their names are Bullfrog and Groot. And then we <laughs> Groot. also have a Chinese Crested, and her name is Rogue. Rogue. Okay, great. And even your children's. I come from a family with it's Deb, Kevin, Karen, Art, you know, Deb, Bob, and Bill. I got named after my sister's babysitter. Please tell our listeners the name of your son and your daughter. One of them's pretty unusual name. Yeah, my daughter's name is Jade. She's 14 years old, and my son is Beast, and he's 16 years old. Beast. He yeah, Beast, right? How'd you he's, get that name? Well, okay, I'm going to tell you. Actually, right. he loves when he gets asked this. So when he was first a newborn, he was a vigorous breastfeeder, like a little beast, and he was hairy and covered in like covered in all his black hair down his back. Mm -hmm. So he looked like this little Wolverine beast when he was breastfeeding, and so he did. <laughs> he's grown into it, and he stopped breastfeeding now. All right. Well, I'm so glad at 16 because that would be really sore for you. <laughs> And you have a special man in your life too. You call him G or Gary. Yep. G is my partner. He is, it's almost been 10 years now and he runs his own information technologies company. So hand in hand, he also does the technology for Panda Paws, like the website, that sort of thing. I break technology. I fix dogs. All right. I like that. That's a good marriage. <laughs> hey, how did you land a show on Animal Planet? I mean, it, a lot of people aspire to it, but you've got a lot of talent. And obviously, nobody's going to be bored watching your show, Amanda. But tell me, I mean, how did, did you how did it all come about? Because it, it is kind of hard. Yeah. So our film production company is Indigo Films. Okay. Indigo had a lovely woman named Katie Hash working for them, who was a huge supporter of Panda Paws Rescue at the time, which is about three years ago. She was like, hey, Indigo, I think we need to look at this as a possible show and pitch it to Animal Planet. Animal Planet saw it, fell madly in love with it agreed with our platform. We had lots of conversations and we just, it was very organic and very natural. We just all fell, the pieces all fell together perfectly. We all agreed that this should be a docu-series, not scripted, very real and true to my day in and day out life here. And, you know, everything is very raw. We don't script anything. We don't create any content. It's just raw, raw what we do. And well, so yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of how it came to <laughs> I mean, in the first episode, your camera guy, Sky, he did something unusual. What did he do? Yes. In the first episode, Sky adopted Tornado Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's a handful. For anyone that has never had a Queensland healer or an Australian cattle dog, they are a handful. I think I refer to them as spontaneous combustion. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that shows just that, you know, it's like, I like that you did that. The show, Amanda to the Rescue, I mean, you live in a 1,300 square foot house and it looks pretty clean. You know, I'm looking yes. at it right now. And at any one time, you can have a handful to uh, enough for to support two football teams, right? Absolutely. We've had in this home, our previous home used to be 4,000 square feet, and we'd had about 100 dogs in there at a time. Here in this home, we've had about 35 dogs here at any given time. So, But we typically have between one and five. Uh, I like to practice what I preach, which is rescue within your means and Good. adopt in your means. So my pack is full. We will not be adding any more to my pack at this time. That said, my rescue, I also operate on a rescue within my means. And so since I'm taking these more rare, quote unquote, unicorn cases, um, <laughs> I try to take less because it's quality over quantity for me. There's a lot of rescues and shelters out there that are doing exceptional things and they can take 30, 40, 50, or 100 dogs. That's just not the platform I have. I can't have 30, 40, 50, 100 dogs here on a regular basis that have medical needs. That means I would have to cut corners. And that's just something I'm very adamantly against. It's why I started rescue in the beginning. So I try to keep my numbers between one and five. Sometimes it gets a little higher than that. Like when you bring Ego in. <laughs> and she brings out eight pups. And she's just a, chi a chihuahua. She was a chihuahua mix, wasn't she? She's just a chihuahua. Yep. Just a California <laughs> street chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Taco Bell. What the hell, right? She came up with I know, I know. <laughs> All those breakfast burritos in there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, we're speaking to Amanda Geise, and she is the face, the host, and the leader, the pet superhero for animals with special needs that need to find forever homes. The show is on Animal Planet. It's called Amanda to the Rescue. And I do also want you to check out her website. It's pandapawsrescue.org. It's got a killer Facebook page too as well. Before we continue with our show, let's take a minute to talk to you about a health ally for your pets. I'm talking about InnoVet, the company created in 2005 by a couple of pet lovers, Matt Terrell and David Louvet, who sport degrees in engineering and biochemistry. Now, together, they've developed a lineup of healthcare products for pets. Headlining the list are CBD oil products made for dogs and cats. The active ingredient is cannabis. This is safe and all natural medication and it's being used to help dogs and cats deal with a host of health issues including arthritis, cancer, anxiety and intestinal inflammation. Innovet's CBD oils and all their products come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Every product is bottled at its facility and every bottle is triple tested and guaranteed for consistency and potency. Learn more by visiting Innovet at InnovetPet.com. And we have great news. Innovet is going to give you 30% off your order when you put the code in, the coupon code OBEHAVE30. That's OBEHAVE30 and save 30%. Our special guest today is Amanda Geise, and I don't even know this lady, and I already love her. That's what she does for pets in need, and for and she finds homes for pets. And you do have a good philosophy. You know, you, you do with within your reason and what you can do. Because there are some people that get caught up in the rescue world 
And before you know it, they're broke and their house becomes a hoarding situation. Is there any tips, advice you can give people? Because, you know, they want to help animals, but you got to do it within your means, right? Absolutely. There is something that everyone can do. And if it's involving animal rescue, there's something that everyone can do. Maybe your task would be going to the local shelter and working for an hour there you know, every day of the week or one day a week, or maybe your goal is doing a food drive, or maybe your goal is actually running a rescue. But that said, you have to be honest with yourself about what you can afford. Because at the end of the day, if these animals don't get adopted, they're my responsibility for life. That's right. There you go. To really know what you're getting into and be prepared that you're going to have to commit to them for the rest of their life, because there's no guarantee that an adopter is going to come forward and adopt them. So if I say yes to a dog, I'm saying yes, until you get your happily ever after. And that sometimes may not happen. And that's okay too, but rescuers need to be really prepared that we can't just then dump them or euthanize them or, you know, their lives. You got to take care of them full time. Another thing that I want to tell people is compassion fatigue is huge. Good. I'm glad you're bringing that up. And it is very, very important that people take recognition to that because it's it's very important that rescuers and people who are in the, any giving aspect of, you know, humanitarian efforts to give themselves permission to take a break. You know, like this week right now, my last rescue just got adopted. And so this week right now, I'm taking a break. I'm doing media. I'm doing press. I'm really just taking a breather for a second to regroup and get my head back together so I can jump into the next batch of rescues that I take. But it's very, very critical that you do give yourself permission to relax every once in a while, take a vacation, you know, put the rescue on the side, have the animals cared for and you step away and recharge. That's critical. So what would be something that would surprise people when Amanda Geise finally has like some spare time? Are you kickboxing? Are you doing a painting at a wine class? What would be something that would surprise people? I have never done the wine. I know I just interrupted oh, you. Never done right. the wine. I've always wanted to do that. My All friends right. and I were talking about it last week. But no, when I'm not rescuing, I'm typically continuing my education. I know that probably sounds really boring to people, but I am. I love to go out karaokeing and oh, then I okay. also love dance. So I was a go-go dancer for a lot of years. So <laughs> you'll probably just catch me dancing around my house a lot with my daughter. We like to have like family rap battles and then we watch a lot of movies. So Or I go to the beach. The beach is definitely my place to recharge. That sounds great. What's your favorite music genre to karaoke to? Um, Do you have a favorite song? These are classic rock. You kind of remind me of, you're kind of like, you and Pink should be like sisters. Yes, we should be sisters. I, I think she should get over and meet you because she's killing it in the music genre and with her messages, and you're doing the same thing for pets. She's got some wildly powerful messages, especially for young girls out there. I think it's so critically important that, you know, we have those powerful females out there to give, you know, someone for these little girls to look up to. And let's talk about your family. You've got a couple of pretty mature kids, Beast and Jade, and they seem to have inherited your sense of humor. And then you got this guy named G. I love that, Gary. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, so you say it's a docu, you know, there's no script. So what's going on in that household? I, I want that to be spread around because you use humor and can do itness to get things done. I really, I wish there was more families like you out there. Well, you know, again, compassion fatigue is just going to come up again and how exhausting it is to take care of special needs animals and the hours, what what we do here. So it's very important that you have a sense of humor. If you can't laugh at yourself and you can't laugh at what you're doing or can't laugh with an animal, you know, you're really going to burn out quickly. So humor is critical, but it's also just our personalities. Like we're just kind of quirky, (laughs) fun. (laughs) So yeah, that's just how we operate. I don't know. Can you even remember the last time you got eight hours of uninterrupted sleep? 
Were you in the womb or what? Well, I can tell you it wasn't last night because we had the premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I had to get up this morning and do press. But um, the last, was it when I was in the womb? Probably when I was in yeah. the womb. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you survive on little sleep or interrupted sleep? What's your secret superhero power there? Just loving life. Honestly, I'm very fortunate. I get to do what I truly love, my passion. So because I'm so passionate and because I'm so in love with it, and it's part of my soul. I get to do this, you know, with such excitement every single day. I don't really get drained and worn out like you would think I do. When I'm tube feeding, that's when I get the most tired because I'm up every hour feeding a puppy. But other than that, I just kind of go with the flow. And honestly, if the kids are off at school, G's working and the dogs are all asleep, I don't mind sleeping until noon because I'm go. the person that stays up till like three or four in the morning. Everyone else is in bed. And then when they're leaving, then I like try to catch up on some uninterrupted sleep, but you know, with a, with an animal rescue, what's uninterrupted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you debuted at the same time. Crikey. There's a couple of kids and a mom from the other side of the world. Do you want to talk a little bit about, I love the placement for both of your shows. Yes, I would love to. First of all, Steve Irwin was a major hero to me growing up. He was very much so a father figure on the other side of my TV screen. So to have him kind of raise me in my humanitarian efforts and conservation and education, especially the educational platform. I really took away from him how important it is to not just do what you do, but to pass that education on to others and, you know, try to unite together. That's really important if we want to make a big footprint in the positive direction. So Steve Irwin, massive, massive hero of mine. And I, I remember when Bendy was born. I remember oh when my. Robert was born. I remember <laughs> yeah. this. I remember seeing Bendy, this tiny little girl, you know, sitting on Oprah's lap, in fact. And she was right. saying when she grows up, she wants to be just like her daddy, just the cutest little button. And she's still, you know, they both have grown up and taken that torch from Steve Irwin and have carried his legacy into something so phenomenal. So the fact that I'm even on Animal Planet with a television show and directly after Crikey, it's the Irwins. I mean, pairing me next to the Irwin legacy is a dream come true. It's something I never in a million years would have believed had someone told me this would happen. But it's also a reward for all that you're doing. Things happen for reasons, don't you believe? I do believe so. Yeah. I think that our shows are very good for each other because they're working in conservation with wildlife. We're working on education, you know, for domesticated animals and rescue. And I just think personality wise, we're very parallel. You know, Bendy's obviously more sweet and not quite as obnoxious as I am, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't call you obnoxious. I would say really? wow, this you're woman <laughs> has some good times and she knows how to say it, when to say it, and you just get things done. I love that. You know, you got that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think this is like a magical pairing, the two of us. I agree. Hey, folks, we're speaking to Amanda of Amanda to the Rescue. It airs on Sundays on Animal Planet, but you can check it anytime because we live in the world of social media, so you can grab it anytime. And I also hope you guys will take the time to check out her rescue site. It's Panda Paws rescue.org and she's making a difference you don't call them disabled you call them differently abled right these unicorn cases of yours yes ma'am they're differently abled special needs or uniquely abled we don't say that they're deformed we say that they're malformed we use we try to use very um sensitive wording when we talk about special needs and differently abled humans as well as animals we don't paint them with a negative connotation or a stigma well, I hope if I'm ever in the Pacific Northwest, I can come and say hi. I have my pet safety dog, Kona. We call her Ice Cream Kona. That's her full name. Oh. And and she spent two years at two rescues and nobody wanted her. And now she's rocking it as a first aid and behavior. And then I got a long-legged orange tabby named Casey. We call him the feline George Clooney of the cat world because 
all the ladies love him and the men do too. Yeah. So uh, if we're ever in your area, they're both uh, certified rescue pets, therapy pets. We'll call ahead. Don't worry. I know you don't want any drop-ins. We got that policy on your site. We're not encouraging all you people to come. All 600,000 <laughs> listeners, do not go see Amanda. Please do not go see Amanda. Be nice. You can do other ways to help out her and her cause. But if we're in the area, I would love to say hi. And uh, I'm not Oprah. I can't give you a car, but I can do what I can and spread the word that you have an important mission. I just met a pet superhero and her name is Amanda Geisy and I'm very very honored to get to meet you Amanda thank you the pleasure honestly has been all mine I'm very very grateful that you took the time to have me on your show and hopefully your listeners really enjoy what we did with this television series that all 10 episodes and hopefully they tune in to Amanda to the rescue well that's just the first season there's going to be a lot of them coming I just sense that I have that feeling we're talking again Amanda to the rescue guys it's a new show you've got to check out on Animal Planet and see what this amazing uh, woman is doing along with her son her daughter and Mr. G and you're doing it you're just doing it and I like people like you thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) All right. at this time I do have to do a shout out to my producer we're talking about Mark Winter he is the wizard of paws he is the executive director of all the shows on Pet Life Radio. We are the number one pet radio network on the planet. And I also hope that uh, you check out some of the other shows on our network. But until next time, this is your flea free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.